Welcome to Believe in God with Joel Carmichael. Today's episode is going to enhance your faith in God and encourage you as a believer. As we get started today, we encourage you to share this, whatever platform you're watching. Also like and subscribe to Believe in God with Joel Carmichael. Now, let's get right into this life-changing message. Hello and welcome again to the Believe in God podcast. I'm Joel Carmichael. Today is actually going to be a little different because tonight we have my mother is going to be speaking for me in just a moment. But before I give it to her, I'm going to tell you a little joke. What is a plumber's favorite shoes? Clogs. Okay. So uh, tonight, my mother will be speaking. So now she may speak what the Lord has laid on her heart to share with you. Thank you so much, Joel, for the opportunity to be with you today. It's an honor. I'm still a little bit um, laughing at your joke, though. That was a good one. That made my heart happy tonight. So um, what is on my heart to share is the church's comfort and the church's responsibility is what I would call that. Um, It's what I would title the message. And it spawned out of a book that I've been reading. I've been reading a book called The Believer's Authority by John A. McMillan. I had read it years ago and I've just been rereading it again. And there is a quote in it. And as I read the quote, it really stirred up in my heart. And I began to study it out some today. And this is what he said. He said, a head is wholly dependent upon its body for carrying out its plan. And I'm going to read that again. A head is wholly dependent upon its body for the carrying out of its plan. And what um, Pastor McMillan was referencing was the fact that in Ephesians 1, 22 through 23, um, the word of God talks about how God put all things in subjection or under the authority of Jesus. And it says that God made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body. So what this passage in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 is saying is that Christ is the head of the church and the church, the people within the church are his body. And as I was thinking about this and the quote that um, Reverend McMillan shared about the head being dependent upon the body to execute or carry out its plan, it shook me. Because, you know, we are living right now in a time when there are so many things going on. Some of them could be frightening if we don't, you know, process them through the filter or the lens of the word of God. There's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's been sickness, there's been plague. And when we look at that, we can almost become overwhelmed if we allow ourselves. But this passage in Ephesians speaks to something. This quote from Reverend McMillan speaks to something. And it's the church's comfort, but it's also the church's responsibility. Because when God gave Jesus the head, the authority um, over everything in heaven and earth, the execution of that authority was to happen through the body, that is the church. So we have the comfort of knowing that we have spiritual authority 
But we also have the responsibility of knowing that we have spiritual authority. You know, we don't live on this earth without um, having any power. We are not subject to the whims of everything going on around us. The decisions of people, sometimes wicked people, we're not subject to the choices of the enemy as far as the spiritual enemy, the devil. But God has given us authority because he gave Jesus authority. And Jesus, as the head, that authority, it's executed or carried out through the body, which is the church. And that is why it's a comfort, but it's also a responsibility. And I want to talk about one aspect of that comfort and responsibility that we have been given, how we can carry out the authority and the plans and the purposes of God. And I believe the primary way is through prayer. In Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus told his disciples, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. Well, we know within context that Jesus was telling his disciples, those things that you ask for in prayer that line up with God's will. And how do we know if something is God's will? Well, is it in the word of God? when it's properly divided, when it's properly discerned. If it is, then we know that we can ask for it because it's God's will. And like a Mark eleven twenty four says, that when we ask, believing that we will receive it, we will have it. So let's say that we need healing in our physical body. So many people were affected by COVID the last few years. And that's just a small thing. There's many other issues that people deal with. Well, We can know that we have the ability and the authority to ask for healing and we'll have it. You know, when we look at the wars that are going on and all that's happening, we can know that God has told us that if something is his will, we can pray believing prayer and we can receive it and have it. Well, that's a comfort because it helps us realize that we are not powerless. We are not without help or without hope. But we have the ability to change our lives. We have the ability to change the lives of our family, our community, our nation, and our world through prayer. And that is a comfort. And again, it's also a responsibility because if we're not praying and things look bad, is it because that's what God wants? Absolutely not. You know, Jesus told the disciples in the Lord's Prayer that they were to pray, and that is still our prayer too. That's a great outline for us. But they were told to pray, come your kingdom, be done your will on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that phrase of that in the Greek, it was a command. And they weren't commanding God because God wants his will to happen. But they were speaking to the situations and circumstances and commanding them to come into alignment with the will of God. And that is part of both an empowerment that we know that bring, that we have that brings us peace. But it's also our responsibility. So when we look around and we see things that are not of the kingdom happening, what do we do? Do we complain? No. Do we whine? No. Should we get discouraged and give up hope? No. Should we binge watch the news and saturate ourselves in that? No. We should get on our face before the Lord and cry out to him, commanding his will to come and to be done. 
and asking in prayer, believing that we receive for that thing because we know it's in the word of God. The second point on prayer is 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. And this goes back kind of to the politics things again, because so many people, you know, were concerned about the political climate. But this is what the Lord spoke. He, he told the Apostle Paul to write it to the pastor Timothy, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So this word is still for us now. This is what God told Timothy to do. This is what God told the church to do. He said, therefore, I exhort, first of all, that you make supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving for everyone, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. So what was the command of the Lord? What was the instruction or the game plan of the Lord for his people to be able to live quiet, peaceful lives in godliness and honesty? He said, pray. He said, pray for everyone. Pray for your leaders. Pray for those in authority. Pray all kinds of prayers, but pray. So again, it's a comfort because it empowers us to know that we can make a difference. But it's also a responsibility. If we look at the environment around us and we don't like what we're seeing politically, what should we do? We should look and say, are we praying the way that we're supposed to? You know, I'll just be transparent. Even myself, there's so many distractions right now in the world. We could get sucked into social media. We can get sucked into TV. We could get sucked into video games and all of these things that work to steal our attention. And this is on top of the good things that um, demand our attention, like family and, and work and things like that. We have to do those. But never before in the history of humanity have we ever had so many opportunities to be distracted. And I think this is a fight that we have to fight. I have to fight it myself, you know, being transparent. I have to set boundaries on myself and on the things that I allow into my life to pull my focus away from the Lord. Because if I'm looking at governmental issues and not liking what I see, do we point to the world? No, and blame them for the problem. We look at ourselves first. The Bible says that judgment begins in the house of God. So if we want to see a change in society, what do we do? We look at ourselves. And one place that we look at ourselves is, have we been praying? Have we been fulfilling this command, this instruction, this battle plan that the Lord gave us in 1 Timothy chapter 2? And if we haven't, we need to make sure that we do. Because it truly, truly is the key to see change. And then finally, my last scripture is 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. And this is what it says. The Lord told his people, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will hear their land. Again, if we are frustrated, if we're upset with the current climate of things, what did the Lord say to do? And he did not give this instruction to the people who didn't know him. Like we, we sometimes want to look and be like, well, it's so bad because the world is doing this or things are so bad because, 
unbelievers in society are doing this. And yes, they do contribute. But the church of the living God, the body of Christ, we are the gatekeepers. We are the standard setters. We are the authorities in the spirit realm. And we determine so much, if not almost everything, if it's not a stretch to say that, of what is going on. So when God wrote this command in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen to his people, it was to his people. And he said, if you want to see change, don't point your fingers at everybody else. Don't try to pick at what everyone else is doing. He said, if you're called by my name, humble yourself, pray, seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And that is a promise. Again, um, this is the church's comfort, knowing that we have authority or the ability to elicit change through prayer, but it's also the church's responsibility. So I just want to encourage you today that if you've heard this and maybe you've been struggling with some fear or, or just, just having a hard time with all that's going on, I just want to encourage you and let you know that you are stronger than you think. You have more power than you realize. Dig into the word of God and find those scriptures that speak to the call that he's placed upon his body and on the church. And yes, there's many ways that that can be um, carried out and flow, but study about prayer, study on the power of prayer and how it can change situations and circumstances, both personally and um, locally and globally, but also ask the Lord to help you. Ask him to renew that responsibility um, to be a catalyst on what's going on in the world, not just to look at it and grumble and be upset, not to look at it and get afraid and shut down, but the responsibility to change things through prayer, because he wants to anoint you to do that. He's called us to do it. He's empowered us to do it. Um, and we can. And it will change things. So I want to encourage you with that today. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I just want to let you know that he loves you so much. You know, the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever will believe in him will not have to perish. They'll not have to be destroyed, but they can have everlasting life. You know, in these scary times when there's a lot of uncertainty, we can be certain about a relationship with God. We can know that we know that we know that he loves us, that he wants to save us from our sins, that he doesn't want us to live a miserable here on earth, but he also doesn't want us to spend eternity in hell when we die, which is really what happens to those who don't know him. He wants you to be able to be in heaven with him someday. You know, every single one of us someday will face eternity. And where we spend it will depend on whether or not Jesus is Lord of our life. So if you heard this today and you don't know Jesus, if you've not made him your Lord, if you've not allowed him to save you from your sins, if you really want to go to heaven and not hell, I invite you to pray with me today. You can just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you loved me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And I receive his forgiveness today. I submit myself to him. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. 
And I thank you, Father, for forgiving me of my sins and helping me to live in a way that's in relationship with you, in a way that pleases you. And I thank you that I can live now secure, knowing that someday I'll be in heaven with you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining in today. And thank you, Joel, for the opportunity to speak. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I guess that's all we have really to say and do today. But until next time, I want to encourage you to like and to, to subscribe to this podcast. And I also want to encourage you to join me again next week as we learn how to believe in God. God bless you. You've been listening to Believe in God with Joel Carmichael. We trust that this message was life-changing and encouraging to your faith. We encourage you to like and subscribe to Believe in God with Joel Carmichael and share this to those who will benefit from these life-changing messages. We want to pray for you today at Believe in God Ministries. Father, we pray for our friends. God, we speak your blessing over them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and until next time, we want to encourage you to believe in God.